Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now It's Will. And this is Thomas. And we're back at the virtual spinner rack for another book that continues in another book. <laughs> it's almost like I picked it. Thomas showed me like four books last week. He goes, pick one. I go, that one. <laughs> it's a something happens at the end of the book that is continued in the, the next book. star of this book's actual book. But now, I'm going to tell you, dude, I talking about that, I miss it so much, where you would read a comic when we pulled off the damn spinner rack, be like, check back next month or whatever in this book to see what else happens. And you, you'd read all kind of crap that you would never pick up because you had to finish the story. And yeah. they don't do that no more. Nope. Uh, what they do do is they will tell one stretched out story in like all 37 different titles for Batman, uh, 15 titles for Superman, or the six Justice League titles. Uh, I, the same goes for Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man Spider has almost as many as Batman. I'm like, mm, no, thank you. No. I just did my pre-orders uh, about an hour ago before the show, and I'm like, I'm just, I'm not reading all this stuff, so I'm like, unless I'm reading it, or I'm excited about it, I cut it out. And mm -hmm. I, dude, I ordered Batman. That was it. I ordered, you know, I don't even order Spider-Man anymore. Um, 
but I just ordered one Batman. I ordered no Superman books. I ordered none of the extra Batman books, you know, the 27 other books or whatever the hell it is they publish. Mm. I ordered just Batman. That was it. I saw something that looked, because I follow uh, my buddy Chris from uh, another uh, comic show. Matter of fact, going on right now tonight. Uh, and uh, and for the life of me, I can't remember the damn name of the show. Uh, oh, Lord. And I used to be a mod on it until I quit. I had to quit showing up because I, I, I was here. So uh, I'm sorry. That's okay. I'd rather be here. <laughs> oh, Lost in Comics. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen those. Sorry, yeah. sorry about that. Uh, so he does, uh, he does like short form videos. Uh, like he'll show like his haul for the week, um, and then announce like his top three books. Yeah. Uh, and then he'll come back after, and he'll like read. He'll get like a stack like this. He'll read them all like in like a day and a half. Yeah. Like whip through him, he's a really fast reader. I like to take my time because I'm slow. Uh, I'm like a retard in a comic store. Oh God! I used to read um, that many in, in a week or something, and it's just it, it, I don't have time anymore. It's like crazy. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I have so much else that monopolizes my time. I will show you. Did I send you the link uh, for the variant, the new upcoming variant Hulk comic? Is that the oh. one that's down here? Yes. Let's take a look at it. Dude. Okay. This is the variant cover. I normally don't buy variant covers, but sometimes you have to buy a variant cover. This yeah. is freaking awesome. That it it makes me think of the uh <gasps> that that big key that the they Starango. the Starango cover with him holding his name up. Yes. Yeah. Only, I mean, I, I shared it with, uh, I, I showed it with some other guys, and they're like, "Yeah, the Hulk's, you know, definitely breaking the fourth wall here. He's coming out of the book toward you." But it's just, dude, it's not only the art's amazing. It's just this is frameable to me. This is yeah. just awesome. Oh, I yeah. This and a regular copy, and I'll probably see if I can frame this and find some place to put it or whatever. But it's, yeah, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I'd like to get this. Um, but like, I I talked to. Uh, various like shop owners online all the time now yeah but all the shop owners i talk to all they do is sell back issues they don't really they don't they don't, they don't carry new or 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 do anything like that because the as far as western books are concerned uh nowadays the minus the speculate speculators you know watching comic tom and you know Golden Age Guru and all those guys uh, that are like making like, you know, 30 videos a week telling everybody what they should buy if they want to. This book's going to be hot. You need to buy this book. And when I have money and I listen to them, I buy the book and it was hot uh, the day it got released for about two hours. And then somebody trashed it on Reddit or something. <laughs> And now I just spent like $15 for a book that's not worth 50 cents. I'm like, nope, not doing it no more. Well, well and that's the thing. I mean, I, I, I don't have a local 
comic shop so i buy you know online for a discount um i do know a handful of shops that don't carry new issues they only carry back issues um and i see the benefit of it because i mean honestly you know you a lot of shops pay pennies on the dollar for books and then they turn around and sell them for you know crazy amounts of money and so it's more profit they don't have as much going out but the problem with that too is is to me it's slowly killing the industry because i mean they're that's their business whether they want to know like one of the guys i'm thinking of that runs a shop that does this is an older guy and you know he's you know i don't say he's on his way out but he's on his way out you know it's this is this is retirement job uh when he's uh when he's done he's gonna go home and kick it up and watch tv and uh the thing is is you got readers like us and then you know everybody talks about bringing new readers in but if you keep killing the industry it's going to go out now is the industry part of it jesus dude i looked at dynamite and boom today and idw and they have uh especially dynamite dynamite is terrible i mean every comic has 30 variant covers yeah they've always done that I know, but I mean, it just gets like to the point. I remember when Dynamite first came out, I go, oh, that's a cool name for a publisher. And I was excited because they were doing Vampirella. Yeah. Uh, they weren't doing Vampirella right, but they were still putting out Vampirella. I go, cool covers and the cosplay covers and everything. Yeah. Uh, I was working at the shop at the time, and within a year, we lost like 20 customers who became dynamite fans, you know, as something different to read along with like the regular books. And they got so exasperated with it because at the beginning there were 10 covers for every book they released. Yeah. It's, it's at least, it's probably more than that now. They got, they got so much poison in their system from that, that they just, they quit altogether. Some of them just turned around and said, you know, if I bring my whole collection in here, will you give me cash for it? And of course, he never buys anything. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he would send them to like, you know, some some other stores. He goes, well, call this one, call that one, call this one. He goes, I'm currently not buying. They'd walk out the door. I go, you're currently never buying. Yeah. He's like, I spent enough money when I had to buy the store from the owner. And I had to, he said, this is how much the store is. Oh, and this is how much all my back stock is. Yeah. And it's like, you know, so he had to he had to buy out the back stock and uh and you know basically purchase a business that he had been work working at for like twenty years to uh it was either that or uh go get a real job. <laughs> Well, I mean, the thing about that is, 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 you know, you can run a business, run a comic book shop, but it's, you know, if you're not actively driving the community and there, um, cause I've been in two, you know, I've been in really good shops. I've been in, in, in poopy shops, whatever, you know, there's, there's one shop I go to, uh, in Macon. It's really great. It's not, you know, two hours from me and the guys are always happy to see you. You know, they, they want to talk, tell you what's good, what people are buying, you know, they look, they actively buy that kind of stuff and it's growing, you know, mm-hmm. but then you go in another shop where they're, they're not buying new issues and they don't do that stuff. They're just there to sell a product. 
they don't care about the product and you can you can see them going down and i'm like this is this is crazy um savannah's got a number of shops like that um and i just don't well there's there's another shop in mass here that i'm friends with the owner well one of the owners it's like a multiple partnership yeah um and they don't have like a back issues section to speak of yeah like they'll keep up to like and then they don't care you know the condition of the books they'll keep like up to like the last four months on the yeah. shelf and if they're not if they're not selling from people missing them missing a month or two and they come and they grab some stuff while kids grab it off the shelf they throw it in uh long boxes afterwards and uh they haul they haul it to the convention and they set up like all these dollar boxes yeah at the con uh the only thing they actively buy are like gold and silver back issues yeah. but basically just keys yeah like you know major and major and minor keys so i mean back when i was before i got sick i'd go i'd go in there like every couple of months because it was like you know almost a two-hour ride to get to the shop from where i lived at the yeah. time and you know take my daughter out for the car ride we'd go um and uh you know we'd, we'd look around she'd look around i'd let her pick out a, you know a couple of kids comics and she would point out stuff that she knew that i liked and um i would buy once in a while i'd buy something you know had a sale on figures uh yeah. if, there, if there was like a cool like uh the old the old style like marvel legends that were you know on the on the shelves at the toys r us stores and they would they would buy them like secondhand or whatever and uh but they get like a and most of the stuff they bought was was all still like packaged oh sweet so uh you know once in a while i buy i buy like a cool figure from them once in a while uh maybe like a cool like you know superhero style like mini or whatever and then they started getting like like real expensive like import things in. and i looked i looked i saw like this wicked cool joker figure hey how much is this this joker figure over here he goes oh that one's 75. yeah i'm like nope it's medicine time but i would every time i went in i would always buy one or two wall books off them yeah always had great wall books like i bought an amazing spider-man the blue remember the blue cyclone he was like in one issue of asm back in the 80s the, the late 70s early 80s maybe i probably if i see the cover i remember it yeah i bought it off the spinner rack so i used to have it when i was a kid and he had like a, a really nice copy of it but i would pick like two or three wall books with everything else that i would pick up uh and uh because my regular lcs they won't carry like you know multiple variant covers he does with dynamite only because dynamite doesn't ask you what cover you want so much is you just you know order x amount of copies of like vampirella 40 or 20 whatever and uh they'll, they'll just mix they'll just mix up you know 
What are you looking for? His meds. It's over there by the on the on the by the sink. In there between the sink and the stove. So they don't even tell you which ones you order and you just get them randomly? You kind of get them you kind of get them randomly cuz they're like they're e- but they're not like, you know, like a 1 in 20 cover or anything. Not nothing like that. But they're just like all the covers are like evenly distributed. But if if you only if you only order like three copies of the book, you get cover A, B, C. Yeah. You know, and they, huh. you know, they just go down the line to, you know, that, that way they're like, you know, and then you hope you got to hope that, you know, you have the cover that that person wanted. But if, you know, he would tell people, he goes, yeah, I want the one in 100 uh, Deadpool number one. He goes, Okay. That'll be three thousand dollars. Yeah, because you got to buy enough to get that down. Because common, you you have to. I have to buy and sell. Well, can't you sell them? No, I can't sell that many. I've got five hundred customers, and I had, I'd have to buy two thousand copies of that book. Okay, so look at talking about craziness. Okay, so all right, Dynamite has a comic coming out. Vampirella Dead Flowers. It's in the pre-order, right? Mm-hmm. All right, they have got for Vampirella Dead Flowers. They have they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, sixteen covers for that book and of them half of them get to uh 10 or so you get some 10 copy incentive covers covers there's a 15 copy incentive cover a 20 copy incentive cover and that was it well, i was just like whoa oh and then yeah. here's a here's a pre yeah, um, metal premium cover and then here's a limited virgin cover. Uh, oh yeah, it, it's it's like it's like a they're like a Kickstarter campaign with the releases every every month. It's like you have to order like massive amounts of books to you know carry those covers. The only people that can do that are places like uh, Mile High or what's the. What's the store in New York? Oh, Midtown. Midtown, yeah. Uh, there's a store in Florida that's like that. That uh, Coliseum. Mm-hmm. They carry huge. They're they're a huge. Com- they've got like they're like six Coliseum comic book shops all around Central Florida. Yeah, uh, so they, they they can make like one huge order to their main branch, and then you know file through them, and then distribute them to like all their stores. So talk. The craziness. Okay, now this is Hulk. Hulk is not as bad as the other ones, but so the new Hulk Five has one cover. It's got a main cover, mm-hmm. and they are one, two, three. They are three variant covers, so four covers total. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, still that's bad, but still not as bad as sixteen. Um, Fantastic Four has three covers 
Um, Ghost Rider looks like it has two covers. Uh, what they do, bring back Danny Catch again? Uh, this is... It's not. Oh well, they did, but it's not him. It's the, yeah. This is the Danny Kitsch go try the one on the motorcycle. Yeah. Um. Sorry, but if you call yourself Ghost Rider and you're not on a motorcycle, Thor has got one, two, three, four covers. Um. They've got another series called uh, Marvel's doing called White Widow or something, um, which is uh, was like. Black Widow's cousin or sister or something. I can't remember her name now. Uh, some craziness. Um, oh, the one, the 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 other widow from the movie there. Yeah, but now she's yeah. in the comics. There's a uh, one, two, three, four copies of it. Um, four different variant covers. Um, one of them's going to be an art germ variant, so it's going to look like every other art germ variant in the history of the world. Yeah. Um, pretty but boring. Pretty boring. Uh, just I'm like, oh my god. Uh, anyway, so enough of that. I know. We're uh, starting Dyna Dynamite. It, like, if you want to read Dynamite, like, I would have it easy if I wanted to go back and start collecting Dynamite again. <gasps> um, I would just, you know, tell like whatever shop I was going to get them from. Uh, I want. Because Lindner, that created Dawn, is the dynamite poster boy for for co of, of cover artists. Yeah, he does like one for every book. He does a Red Sonia, a, yep. a Vampirella, a Betty pa uh, Betty Page. He does a uh, all of them. Yeah, all of them. Yeah. So I would be like, okay, well, I want to collect this, 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 and this, uh, but I only want the the JML covers. And if they say, who's JML? I'm like, never mind. I'll keep looking for a shop. <laughs> Damn it. I'm like, because I really like like the Deja Thoris, John Cotter stuff. Yeah, some of that's really nice. Yeah. Uh, especially when Lindsner draws Deja Thoris. Yeah. Uh, so his, his wife is his, act, is his model. Yeah, I so remember you telling me that. Yeah, so like, you notice like the bodies all look the same and you know the same the same kind of proportions that's because that, that's 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 because the uh the model is the same <laughs> for yes. everybody mm -hmm. all right so like was it like two weeks ago i told you i had bought some books and yep. i was waiting on them to or i sent the dude an offer i was waiting on him to approve it he finally approved it and sent the books uh snail mail and they came in so i got more books I would have never read when I was younger, but uh, so I got Spider Woman 40. Nice. Yeah. Uh, dude, the art is amazing on this one. Spider Woman 41. Mm hmm. Spider Woman 46. Cool. Um, talking about variant covers, I had never seen this one and thought it was a cool variant. Uh, this is, uh, I think it was uh, Campbell. Um, oh yeah, that's I like that. So I bought it, and then I bought this one because I love the cover, and I was thinking like, God, we need to do this issue one day. I don't even know what the hell it's about. 
a rock fable. A rock fable. Steal this planet. Yeah. I, rem <laughs> I remember that cover, though. That, well, I don't know if you remember the cover or something similar, because I was like, oh, my God, this is... Normally, it's like, uh, you know, the, oh, yeah, the Barbarian yeah, it, movie. It, oh, it, it wasn't It wasn't that. Uh, it it was crawl. Yeah, crawl, Conan, whatever. But it's, it's always got the guy standing, and now we got a girl, and then the guy down here holding her leg. Yep. Um, and then I got this one, which we had talked about. Um, the guy said, yeah, go ahead. I offered him, like, I don't know, 15 bucks or something for it. Nice. And it's the hardcover. Now, the only thing, have you read this? Um, I only ever got the first issue. Okay. Well, the first issue is pretty much your standard comic book. Okay. Yeah. You get to the back end, the, the, the later issues. And, and I understand Moore's a genius, but it switches. Oh. Dude, like pages and pages of handwriting little bitty handwriting oh my god um and then we got typeface looks I'm gonna, like i'm gonna have to write to sleepy joe and borrow the hubble telescope oh my god look, look at this it just gets smaller as you go um so i've i've never read it i think i've got one issue and it's something i've wanted to read they say it's really good but i'm yeah like, Oh my God, this is like a lot of reading for a comic book. Um, what was yeah. funny is I bought that issue one from a shop located in Providence. Uh, did you draw in this book? Uh, no, that's that's probably uh, that's probably the genius at work. Look, Dicatolo, there he is. <laughs> nice. Um, and then I was putting up books. And I found some more. I don't know if I ever showed you these. I got this one at a convention a while back. Um, what you looking for? Oh, nice. And then um, we need to read this one because this one's actually written by Stan Lee. Um, I think we talked about this last week. I pre-ordered the uh, Atlas Stan yeah, Lee yeah. R books. There's no. one. Was it written by Stanley, or did Stanley just slap his name on it and steal somebody's book? I don't know. We're gonna hope he wrote it. And then I did find this. Find this too. Um, Weird fantasy. Fifteen. Oh, uh, nice. Four stories in it, and uh, it's a reprint, obviously. But four stories, and two of them are by Wally Wood. Oh yeah. So that's what I found cleaning up and. And then uh, got from the auction. Very nice. Um, I cleaned this up. Uh oh. Okay, my girlfriend cleaned this up. And my hand is too big to fit in it anymore, but. My God, where the hell did you find that? Um, I had this one. In a Captain America. Somebody gave me $75 for the Captain America. Really? Yeah. And then complained about my packaging. I folded it up like this, wrapped it in bubble wrap, and put it in like one of those small boxes. You almost crushed his head. I go, I almost drove to your house and kicked your ass. What's your point? 
and uh, the cap was still in the original packaging, though. The little really? cellophane bag with the little hook to hang up on the thing. Oh, my um, God. What's cool about those, you take like a you take a, a paper towel tube and you basically cut it like a little, you know, in half. And you just you can just put it like right in the middle and he'll just like, you know, stand on stand on. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, my my very good friend, John Mulhern, gave gave me that. Um, he was cleaning out his attic. He was. I know you love this stuff. And I'm just kind of like, meh. It was cool when I played with it when I was a kid, but you can have it. He gave me a Batmobile, Mego Batmobile. Oh, sweet. Amigo Bat Cycle. And you can tell it's Amigo Bat Cycle because the sidecar is broken off like they all do. Um, gave me uh, his beat up Superman. So the emblem's missing in, in the in the boots. Um, and uh, a Green Arrow. Um, which is not complete because Green Arrow came with, you know, the bow, the quiver, um, the hat. Uh, so he doesn't have the quiver or the bow, but I think he has the hat. Um, and the, the Spider-Man, where they ran out of the red hands, so they just put the normal flesh tone hands on him. All right, we're running out of pots. Just use the regular ones. Damn it. Um, they won't notice. Uh, he also gave me the original, the, the novel of the original 78 Battlestar Galactica, like the two-pot pilot that they made the movie out of. Uh, and also a never-used Battlestar Galactica board game from the 70s. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So, um, so I'm just going to read the uh, the thing for the Fire and Ice game. Uh, it's role-playing combat board game debuts on Kickstarter. Uh, this just came out like yesterday. Uh, Dynam Entertainment announces a thrilling collaboration with 10 different box covers. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> for a chance to role-play and have fun in this wondrous world. Uh, bless you. Bless you. Gamers are able to support and reserve their copy of the game right now on Kickstarter with exclusive add-ons and early bird extras fire and ice was released in theaters 40 years ago and the legendary team up between animation innovator ralph bakshi fritz the cat lord of the rings wizards and the godfather of fantasy artwork frank frazetta additionally this the screenplay was written by roy thomas and jerry conway dynamite has brought back the exciting world and mysterious characters for a new comic series. Thank you for ordering that for me, by the way. And the celebration continues in this new game. There's uh, like there's there's character cards to go with it, like for Dark Wolf. Uh, there's a Kickstarter exclusive mini. Um, and I'm not sure who the character is, but I can share it. That's the. No, I I think it's like one of the, one of the headhunters or something. I don't know. 
Yeah. Um, and there's there's like the Dark Wolf card. I don't know what any of these numbers mean, but I know they all mean something different. Obviously, this one is health. <laughs> and that that's going to be power. <laughs> uh, probably uh, how, how far you can travel. Uh, maybe insight and defense. Yeah. Well, I mean, it looks cool. I just had somebody that was around and wanted to play any RPGs. I did. I bought the old school uh, RPG off of uh, Kickstarter and hadn't done a thing with it. I looked at it. And that was it. That was it. Yep. Uh, so you've got like the the map that comes with it, like all the tokens and and stuff. Yeah. Um, And here it is. Let's take a quick look at the trailer and then we'll dump into the book. Uh, dive into the book. Say like today trailer. Today. Oh, yeah. Did it load? Whoops. Okay. Hold on. That's what I did wrong. It took me to another page. I was like, huh? That's Frank Frazetta's granddaughter. Forty years ago, two of the greatest visual storytellers of the 20th century, visionary director Ralph Bakshi and my grandfather, the godfather of fantasy art, Frank Frazetta, brought together a talented array of creators to bring fire and ice to life. Now, for the first time, you and your friends have the opportunity to immerse yourselves into the fantastical world populated by lavish landscapes, mighty warriors, sensual femme fatales, and unbridled primal fury. Welcome to Fire and Ice. Fire and Ice, miniatures adventure game. is a tactical skirmish game for two or more players. In this competitive war game, the heroes of Firekeep battle the diabolical forces of Icebeak for dominion over the realms of men and beasts, bringing Frank Frazetta's unfettered primal imagination to life by allowing players to become a part of the ferocity, action, and romance that was infused into every canvas he touched and that he and Ralph Bosby brought to Fire and Ice. The world of Fire and Ice is rich and lavish, dripping with creative energy set against a primordial backdrop filled with the sort of savagery that stirs the imagination. 
Fire and Ice Miniatures Adventure Game recreates the combat and maneuvering found in the animated masterpiece, but puts the magic, the steel, and the cunning in your hands. This is an ancient world scattered through ruins. Oh, that's that's who that exclusive figure was. The witch. Fallen over centuries. This hmm. is Fire and Ice. I, I forgot that the uh, the music was annoying. Oh, I love the music. Uh, it's okay in, in doses, but... Yeah, like when you're watching the movie. But yeah, now. but they keep running it on loop. They yeah. even do that in part of the movie. If you're going to kill the Ice Lord, boy, you better learn to live with pain. <laughs> That's a great line. Damn it. But, yeah, that... Um... And of course, merchandising. Uh, the first thing you can purchase isn't even the game. It's a set of nine just... fire, fire and ice trading cards for $25. Um, the early bird fire and ice core game is $75. Uh, if you want the, the $25 set of cards, but you want it signed, it's now $80. Uh, Sinkevitz Fire and Ice Lithograph for 90 uh, Fire and Ice Virgin Art Metal Cover, 100 Hollow Foil, 125 CGC Signed Fire and Ice Frazetta Cover, $200. Obviously, it's not Frazetta that signed the cover. because No. It might be a Frazetta, but it won't be the Frazetta. No. Um, retailer exclusive. You can buy six games for two hundred and seventy dollars. Uh, signed Fire and Ice Sinkevitz, uh Gel Cell, seven hundred dollars. I'm Good like, God. I go, Bill. I don't like you that much. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I love Bill, but I don't. I, even I'd have to say I don't know if I love him that much. I don't. I might love you like seven dollars for you know maybe fifteen dollars for an autograph, but like, can't be more than that. He was the one because I I've got the old like twenty fifth anniversary Superman uh, portfolio. Yeah, and there was a piece in there from him, and I brought it with me to Boston Comic Con to uh, get him to sign it. He wouldn't talk to anybody unless they were purchasing something, like a full page of art for like, you know, $3,000. Good God. And he would only sign stuff that you bought from him. And. Well, there's I, there's something to be said for that because, you know, there's a bajillion Stan Lee signatures. Yeah. I almost ripped up the plate in front of him and just tossed it in the air as I walked away. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, it's for ages 13. It takes 60 to 120 minutes to play. So, you know, two plus players. So, you know, two of us are playing. It's probably going to be like, you know, an hour game. Yeah. Then after that, you know, we'll we'll have to, uh, you know, have some cocoa and take a nap because we're old. Uh, <laughs> Dark's good, though. Oh, God. 
two ways to play uh, at both miniature board game and rule a rules light RPG. Oh, yeah. So the the kitty version. Yeah. Yeah. This is this was the witch, the one that like died because Necron's guys killed her. Yeah. Because she lost Tiga, Tigra. Speaking of which, can I get a life size Tigra? This is the Kickstarter exclusive. And it comes with like the exclusive cards and everything. So this is probably like if this is on like say Indiegogo too, this is probably like the only way to get this figure. Dang it. And be able to play that character. Uh, early bird special free for all backers of the Fire and Ice core game for the first five days of the campaign. So it's still available now. Uh, bonus. Uh, Fire, Fire and Ice One, uh, digital comic for all Kickstarter backers. Um, please stop by your local comic shop and find the next issue, or have your friend order it through CBCS. <laughs> but I mean, look at the art inside, though. It does look pretty good. Yeah. Uh. There will be hero and villain miniatures unlocked for stretch goals. And there's probably, they said like there's a lot of, oh, look at Tigra. Damn, I love this movie. Larn. The head caveman, the second head caveman. Uh, it's got a little history. And there's there's Bakshi and uh, Frank. Wow. <laughs> now it almost seems like an ad for Geico. <laughs> so easy a caveman can do it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Doc Wolf, Tigra, Larn, uh, Manga, and eight other subhumans. Uh, board game and role-playing game in one. So, yeah, you can either play the board game or you can play the RPG. Either one, yeah. So you get the dice, you get the rule book, cards, all these punch-out tokens. Those are always fun. You know what that means? I need some Ziploc bags. Yep. Cards. Crap back in. Yeah. 54 event cards. 12 activity cards. Uh... Ten-sided ice dice and ten-sided fire dice. Also known as red and blue. Yes, thank you. Uh, and like a cool like grid map, so you know that's pretty neat. Um, Twelve thirty-two millimeter miniatures. <laughs> so my next question is, uh, who do we know that can accurately and really well paint my miniatures when I get them. Which is probably the reason why I haven't opened my uh, Batman Dark Knight Returns because I've got all, all the miniatures in there. Really? Uh, Holly, Subhuman Priestess, free-for-all backers on the core game, but only for the first five days of the campaign, so you'd have to, like, you know... Pay for it now. Um, Kickstarter doesn't doesn't collect until the end of the uh until 
we already know that it's already funded. They yeah. made almost $32,000 in like a day. Yeah. Uh, praise for fire and ice and blah, blah. Good looking pieces. Yeah, the figures look really nice. Dude, they're like they're like this big. Though they're, yeah, they're like this big. They're they're yeah. not they're not big at all. They're not as big as they appear on the screen. I'm sorry. Uh, stretch goals. You get a uh, at 100k. They're going to release a fire keep game board and dice. Oh, sweet! So it's basically an extension of the game. Yeah, you get to. You, you you play and you get to the keep and the game's over with. And now now if you get to the hundred thousand dollars, you get to the keep, you can actually go inside. Yeah. Um and then there's these four monk looking characters to be released after at the next stretch, you know. So a set of four and then one and another one. And this is the board. Eight. Yeah. More more subhumans. Um the bad guy's mother from the looks of her. Yeah, they've got all this crap planned out. They're just waiting to get there. Yeah. I wouldn't mind having some of those as a poster, though. That'd be cool. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So, but that looks cool. All right, ready? Here we go. Captain Marvel number four, Enter the yeah. Submariner. Yeah. I've got a handful of these because, uh, and the covers are similar where Submariner's mm -hmm. fighting somebody. I've got the other one where he's fighting Iron Man. Um, I got to read. That's in Submariner, I think it is. Mm -hmm. But this is uh, from 1968, copyright 68. Uh, Stan Lee's our editor. Roy Thomas was the writer. Uh, and Gen Gentleman Gene Colan was the artist inked by Coletta, and lettered by I Want to Be. <laughs> yep. I want to be paid for typing letters into a computer and say I'm a letterer. <laughs> yep. Marvel's, Marvel's space-born superhero, Captain Marvel, the alien and the amphibian. Um, I have not read a whole lot of early Captain Marvel stuff. No, me neither. And, and I've picked up some here and there. Um, so we do know he's a Kree warrior. He pretty much looks like he's human and he's here from what i know and remember just scouting out the planet to see you know what the hell the earth people are going to do and if they're going to pose a threat to the kree empire does that sound about right yeah okay and he is uh you know the story opens with our hero here you know he's uh just going through the damn you know doldrums because He's become a hero on Earth, and he's actually more like a double agent because even though he's a hero on Earth, he's to make sure that the Earthlings stay in their place and don't move out in the galaxy and threaten the Kree Empire and maybe destroy the Earth if necessary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, he's kind of locked in the damn, you know, a rock and a hard place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my hand deals the fatal attack. But yeah, so he's like freaking out. And he's, of course, he's monologuing here because, you know, why should the fate of one tiny world out of all the infinite cosmos plague me so? Am I not a man of the Kree? And he's like 
freaking out and he's okay perhaps i've been stricken with that strangest and most treacherous of emotions a conscience dude you're probably gonna be like today's society only like one of ten people that have a conscience so don't worry about it yeah <laughs> it's all good yeah he uh <laughs> he is so upset he just like tears up the damn desk in his room and of course when he hears that you know does that somebody knocks at the door uh of course and he's like you know oh god it's somebody at the door i can't let them see me in my Cree uniform so he puts on his his damn uh do what i was talking to my girlfriend not you okay. so he puts on his damn uh, night coat and goes and answers the door. Now, hi. So, the thing that's funny here is why in the hell would he write Captain Marvel in the guest book? That just seems like a silly thing. And then, yeah. then, then he corrected it, but he yeah. corrected it. Stan wrote, his, wrote himself into a corner. And he goes, uh, he actually fixed that between last issue and this issue. Yeah, exactly. You don't miss a frame. You, you close the back cover of last issue, and he flew downstairs and fixed everything. Yeah, he like erased it or something. So why the hell did they have him right in there with a pen did, or a pencil? Did he, you know, race it out or have to mark through it? We'd have to read the last issue. <laughs> but yeah. So the guy knocks at the door and he opens it, and we find out it's uh like the guy that helps run the hotel here or wherever he's staying at. Uh is he I heard a crash. I hope you didn't hurt yourself. Oh, nothing serious. I just knocked over a table. Uh a gazelle, I'm not, I'm afraid. Just chalk it up on my bill. Mm. Uh so gazelle or not we do find out that he had a phone call and he doesn't have a phone in his room so the guy actually went up there to give him the message uh you got a phone call from the cape and our lines were all tied up so i left word for you to they left word for you to get over there right now so uh he heads out and of course he asked about mr logan there whatever uh he's in a coma at the hospital he says uh yeah, worst of all, nobody's sure just what happened to him. No one except the man who caused it all. Um, so he's debating that. And we find out that Mr. Logan got the hell knocked out of him by the Super Scroll in issue two. <laughs> oh, These scrolls are cool. Yeah. Uh, of course, Captain Marvel does manage to save old dude. And, you know, he... Uh, he gets him to the hospital. But now, back to our current story, Marvel has to get to the Cape. So they call him, and he works as Mr. Lawson, I think it is, is his name here. And he actually works at the uh, at the rocket plant or the rocket base and works on the space station or spaceship. Ugh. Been a long day. Uh, so he's got to head over there. Luckily, the soldiers, uh, where is he at? Punishes by death. Uh, he's got to head out there. Yeah, there it is. Unless it has to do with the new missile, the Argos 2. So that's why he's going out to look, Argos 3, because the missile's been launched. Now, this cabbie comes around to this damn hotel all the time. He picked him up the other day, and he says, uh, 
he took him so far and the guy dropped him off and he let him walk the last half a mile of the base and he asked him why so uh the cabbie asked him why it is and of course he freaks out he said i don't need anyone else getting suspicious about my double identity as captain marvel uh come up with an explanation so the explanation is the doctor told me to get more exercise every damn time i go to the doctor he tells me to get more exercise <laughs> every time he says oh okay so i started walking and doing some hiking so the cabbie's like no problem and it does it makes perfect sense hey no problem i guess you jockeys test tube jockeys don't get much chance for exercise not really so he drives on and the cabbie stops he's like why are you slowing down this is the same spot as last time thought you might want to hoof it again no no thanks cabbie this time i'm going to go all you know ride all the way so <laughs> the cabbie's trying to make a fast one by dropping his ass out getting his fee and then heading back <laughs> but now back at our uh, at the missile base here we see i did not know she was in this book but here is miss marvel carol danvers later on looking all hot and sexy by Jean Colin, you know, uh, and she is actually questioning whether Lawson is the damn, uh, you know, what's up with him, you know, not convinced he's quite on the level. He says, did I, and I intend to stay that way until a few more pieces of a puzzle named Walter Lawson falls into place. Um, she got her powers from him, right? Yeah. Um, I don't remember how, but I, I, I thought she did. Um, but yeah, so she's actually, she's like a secretary something on the base yeah. and, uh, you know, bookkeeper or whatever. Um, so she's there around everybody and she has definitely got suspicious that something's going on with him. Uh, and we know he's Captain Marvel, but, you know, she doesn't. Now we head, so turn the page. They're heading, wait for Captain Marvel to show up. And, you know, she's talking to the general when we find out that the Silver Surfer comes swimming in. Um, he's actually not even going near the Dangum base. He's heading to New York to find Reed Richards so that he can help him. Um, he's hunting down this... Uh, this bad guy from his own book called uh destiny and uh you can read all about that in submariner number four you know strange how it began and then you know this is uh submariner's first appearance is actually in ff it's like four um and he made a whole lot of appearances in ff um which is cool so he's heading there the missile base has nothing to do with him and uh, of course lawson shows up and we flash back to the base he shows up just in time for the missile to launch there's like a minute to go um and they're so afraid the general's so afraid that the rocket's going to be sabotaged that he actually doesn't let them know when they're going to launch until it goes to happen he's like he holds it to the end um that's why they didn't even you know let lawson know when he needed to be here they called him and told him when to come uh but one one minute to blast off and counting so they get there this is a cool panel dude that's nice oh, yeah yeah i mean 
uh, is pretty cool. So they do the countdown, and the missile takes off. Um, the Argos 3 heads skyward, bearing its cargo of delicate instruments and potential disaster. So we find out that the potential disaster is metallic containers are in the rocket that are lined with test tubes filled with deadly viruses and bacterias. When the Argo gets in orbit, they'll be ejected automatically and will record their reactions to cosmic rays. So they're just doing science experiments, only they're doing it with freaking bacteria and viruses. <sighs> of course, as the space, you know, the rocket heads to the orbit, it turns around and crashes back to Earth and it crashes off the waters of New York City. And then we discover that actually uh, over the Cape in a stationary orbit, it's a spaceship here, which is actually one of the other Cree soldiers that's on the planet. Uh, Urog is his name. Oh, yeah. He's up on the ship. Yeah, he's on the ship. He's the one that actually sabotaged the freaking rocket and made it crash. Um, yeah, my superiors on the home planet will be glad that they approve my secret plan. The brainless Earthmen search for their puny rocket, and they'll find it too late. He knows that there's bacteria and viruses and stuff on the, the rocket. So he wants, you know, the Earthmen are going to hunt for it, and he knows what's going to happen. They're going to eject out, and it's going to kill millions of people. Um, of course, you know, here's uh, back on the planet. We got uh, Captain Marvel is like, uh, I've already figured it out, you know what's going on and where the rockets come down and but he doesn't know what the hell's on it and they tell him hey you know the Argos had various new photographic equipment inside equipment we wanted back but to avoid any danger to the populace a second jettisoning advice was attached to the germ carrying cells if the first failed to operate the second would activate independently three hours later sending the deadly bacteria into outer space so if they weren't able to eject the viruses and bacteria in space and examine them mm -hmm. before the rocket re-entered orbit it would eject them anyway so they know they haven't been ejected the rockets crashed in three hours it's just going to spew everything everywhere <gasps> so captain marvel's like oh god instead of being jettisoned orbit they'll be into the atmosphere here and will be a menace to society so I'm wondering what made the Argos Haywire. It could have been Yarog. It seems unlikely. So he wants to actually stop it um, and kind of save the people. But before he can do that, here comes our a boat. They, do they say the name of the boat? Soon as Sleep Destroyer Knife, no, just a destroyer, uh, comes through the oceans off New York. It's looking for the rocket. And the boat kind of cuts in front of Submariner, and he just thinks that it's there for him. He doesn't know anything about the rocket. That surface vessel is across my path. The air breathers have detected my approach and sought to bar me, even though I come in peace. Uh, if so, they shall uh, find that Namor does not need the legions of Atlantis to be a formidable foe. Now, he's a badass in the old books, dude. Oh, yeah. Of course. Um, so, on board the rocket, there are on the on board the boat, they're looking for the rocket. And, of course, here's Carol Danvers and Captain Marvel and all. And uh, they see Namor swimming out there. So there's Namor. Holy cow, it's a submariner. What's that fishman doing here? So they see him, 
and then they decide to, you know, hey, they're going to let him know what's going on. Be here, you know, now hear this name or the waters will be contaminated by deadly bacteria within the sunken missile. We advise you to clear out. Um, and Namor is going to see the FF in New York. So when he hears this, he's like, oh, God, this bacteria is going to get out and it's going to contaminate New York. So the FF could die. But I got to go save them now because that's the people I need to see. So while he heads there, you know, he's going to try and find the rocket now. But uh, on the ship, Captain Marvel dis discovers that La Ra, what's his name? La Ra? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, has gained permission to conduct an experiment on the nearby city. So the Kree Empire has given him permission to poison the city and to see how the hell the people do. To gauge its susceptibility to germ warfare, you must allow no one to touch the missile. And they tell him, whatever you do, you can't stop the plan from going ahead. Don't touch, don't let no one stop the missile from going off. So now Captain Marvel is stuck in a hard rock and a hard place. He wants to save the city, but he's been ordered to make sure the missile goes off and kills everybody. <laughs> so now he's going to make it look good. Yes, he's got to make it look good and and still try and save the city. And, of course, he jumps in the water. And, uh, you know, he's much stronger than a normal human. So he swims towards some mariner, you know, pretty quickly. And he gets there. And they talk about his strength and everything else. And, you know. And, and the um, fact that he can't answer Namor because uh, <laughs> his helmet is only for oxygen provisions. It doesn't allow him to speak underwater or in space. Yes, he can't talk. He's just like, there he is. Uh, <laughs> and Namor sees him as he's coming. He's like, whoa, dude, this guy's, you know, he's still swimming toward me. Uh, but for what reason? And, you know, of course, Captain Marvel's like, you know, I've got to overcome these feelings. I've got to do what my superiors say, but make it look good and try and save the earth. Mm -hmm. um, this course, is a great page. Yes, dude, this is awesome. What's bad is in the book, it's like this. It would have almost been better if they would have turned it the other way. Yeah, made it a double page. Yeah. Yeah. Marvel must, Marvel must perform. And he whacks the hell out of Submariner. To the arc. We, we, we used to have a guy come into the shop and little things irk me. Yeah. Like unbelievably so. Uh, and. This guy, he, he kind of like worked upstairs from the shop uh, and would, would come down and he would like, you know, kind of like the guy you ran into today that uh, would sit there and just keep asking questions yeah. all day, every day. Uh, but he refused to call Marvel Comics Marvel Comics. He would only call them Marvel Comics. Why? I go, Marvel is a character. In Marvel Comics, Marvel Comics is the company. Yeah, Marvel is the character. Yeah. But he's dead now, so. <laughs> yep. And he hasn't been brought back yet. Um, they did one. They did a. They did one. I don't think it was the original, but they they had like a new, uh, one that they called Marvel, or Marvel, whatever. Um, in this costume, like 
about 10, 12 years back. And I bought it. And I go, oh, this is cool. And it trans. I don't know if it was just reprinting this series. Yeah. With new art. Um, or what, but they, uh, it, it trans it at one point it stopped being him, you know, the guy in this costume. Yeah. And just started being Carol Danvers. Like, Carol Danvers. Dang it. So Submariner and Marvel get into this m- massive ass fight. Uh, and of course they keep, you know, this is the cool part you were talking about. If I could only talk underwater with reason to him, but my battle helmet gives me only air for breathing, not for speech. Yep. So they just keep going at each other. In other words, shut the F up and kick some ass. Yeah. That's, the, <laughs> that's about the only way you're going to do it. And they keep, you know, Submariner keeps whacking the hell out of him and telling me you know, how strong he is. Uh, but, uh, the thing that's cool is I was reading this and I don't know if you've ever read it. You ever read Avengers three? That's a no. Okay. In Avengers three, like, so the Hulk is a founding member in the second issue. Um, this, uh, not space parasite. Maybe it is space parasite. I can't remember. Anyway, the guy, the space guy, the bad guy in the second issue looks like the Hulk and convinces everybody that the Hulk is actually the bad guy. And they all turn on the Hulk. Like, you know, dude, you just helped us last year. So they turn on the Hulk and piss him off. And then finally, after they defeat the space parasite, they're like, okay, well, cool. We're sorry. We, you know, thought you were the bad guy, but you're not. Then by the third issue, they're like, he's the bad guy again. And him and Submariner kind of like get into it with the Avengers and then they end up fighting each other as well. It's, they like team up against the Avengers. And then by issue four, the Hulk's left. He's like, you know, I'm tired of you losers. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to the damn desert. But there's an issue in three. There's a scene where Submariner and the Hulk are fighting. And um, they're on land. And the Hulk is just beating the hell out of Submariner. Um, and finally, the Submariner, like, somehow, I can't remember, drags the Hulk into water. And when he gets him in there, it's like Aquaman. When the Submariner gets wet, his strength and everything goes up. Yeah. And he freaking, you know, he he swims around the Hulk so fast, he makes him pass out or something. It's, I'm like, so Captain Marvel, as much of a badass as he is, is going to be on the losing end of this eventually. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you remember, like, the, the, the original run of Amalgam with DC and Mar- the DC Marvel mashups. Yeah. Um... In uh, in one of the because they they were like battle books. Yeah, that's right? all it was. So uh, the second one was actual you know stories like Elseworlds kind of things. But um, Aquaman beat Namor. Yeah, he drops a whale on him or something. He drops this blue giant blue whale like you know fifteen tons of whale on him on the dock. Yeah, how the dock didn't break. I have no friggin' clue. <laughs> it was in the water. It was stronger than normal. I mean, if I fall on the dock, the dock's probably going to break. <laughs> At least I'm going to break. Um, Something, Something's breaking. And as he's like out cold like this under this big blue whale, uh, Arthur looks back over his shoulder snarkily. Goes, you lost because you're too regal to cheat. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, Marvel must have wrote that line. 
so yeah. So he's uh Namor and him are just going at it. He's like, Yeah, the Tactus world were nice to be the foaming waves. Namor must prevail. Dude, he kicks the limit shit out yeah. of him there. I, I gotta tell you, this just in a Marvel book, this just toppled my favorite fight scenes, of course, uh, as you will agree with, are the blue-eyed ever loving thing fighting the Hulk. Yes. This issue might have topped like the last one that we read that crossed over and, and Avengers showed up and everything. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, because I think this is actually paced out better. It may be. Yeah, because it's, what is it, five, one, two, three, four. Yeah, it's a good five, five, six pages. And yeah. it is. It's like a, almost like a damn movie. Um, God. He kicks his ass so hard he knocks him into the rocket. <laughs> He's like, there's the rocket. Yes, boys and girls, that's what that's what Prince Namor actually looks like. Yes. Not that... Not that uh, not the Minoan guy. Not, or, not, not that yeah. idiot from the Black Panther movie. Yeah. Uh, so now that Captain Marvel's been knocked over, he sees the freaking rocket. He's like, okay, I've got to stop something. You know, Namor's pretty much kicking my ass. And he sees the rocket now. So he's going to use his Unibeam, which I guess is his laser rifle. It does something there mm -hmm. um, to see what he can do. And he zaps Namor with it, kind of blinds Space him. Ghost's gauntlet. He stole it. <laughs> he stole Space Ghost's gauntlet. You shall swiftly find that the Submariner is no babe in arms. Uh, and he takes his ass out. This is cool. When uh, Namor grabs him, Marvel actually hits his damn rocket belt, and it ejects air and blows him out of the water. Mm-hmm. And then this is how he's got to keep his damn, his, uh, he's got to keep his freaking disguise up. After they're blown out of the water, he talks really quickly. He's like, Namor, listen to me. The germs will be ejected in a short time. Let them that your air breathing enemies may die. <laughs> he's just like, no, I'm not, I'm a prince of the blood, not a craven murderer. Mm -hmm. Once your city's destruction might have been my foremost goal, but now I wish not to perish while Namor lives. So, Marvel goes back in the water. He's like, okay, cool. They see me fighting him. They couldn't hear what I said. So let's just hope that they realize that I don't stop the damn rocket because they can't see what I'm doing underneath it. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, he heads there. And Namor, being Namor, can swim faster than anybody else. He makes it to the damn boat, the rocket, way before Captain Marvel, uh, even though he's right behind him. Yeah, Mar so, Mar Marvel's like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, he he was in front of me, behind me, or behind me. I left his ass in the water, and he still got there before I did. Uh, yeah, he's he like right. the Flash of underwaters. Exactly. <laughs> what do you uh? What he's he must no that I wanted him to win. He's no middle, damn it. <laughs> uh, if Yon Rog is observing from far, I must think I tried to obey orders. The cylinder must be uh, the cylinder that contains that which I seek. Must be turned over to the surface men. So Namor is going to get the cylinder with all the bacteria in it and take it back to the Earth men. Mm -hmm. But 
you know, Marvel doesn't want that to happen. So in kind of like their fight there, um, he struck a dang, uh, he struck a detonator, which is built in the Argos. And uh, when he does, hey, yeah. Starling Captain Mobbles are the best. Yes. So move, Namor, if you value your life. And the damn rocket blows up and destroys the freaking bacteria. And then here's the part that you uh, you got mad about. Yeah, the the editor's note there. Yeah, you'll learn about the full story behind that one in the next issue of Submariner. Natch, whatever that means. Naturally. Oh, Natch. Super Plugger Stan. Super Plugger Stan. What is the Megazoid? And that picture of that last panel with, with him taking off like that? Yeah. For a split second, I had a flashback to the Meteor Man movie starring Robert Townsend. Oh my God. <laughs> Cause it was basically the same, it was the same costume. Yeah. Except it was like, you know, a meat, like, like, and it was like red or meteors from like the seventies. Yeah. Damn it. Um, it's a fight book. Yeah. It's a great oh, fight book. But it's so good. Yeah. The art's great. It's just a classic fight book from the sixties. I mean, it's, there is no, there's a there's a thin little bitty story here. A lot of stuff going on in the in the in the periphery. You know, mm-hmm. you got Carol Danvers trying to figure out who the hell Captain Marvel is. We don't know why the hell Submariner, or we know why Submariner's going to uh, New York to try and get to the Reed Richards to find out. You know, get his help to go fight his bad guy. Yep. Marvel's upset. He's trying to be a hero and not destroy the world and still be a good Kree soldier. And I mean, it's there's a lot going on on the outside, but you boil it down, it's a big-ass fight book, which they were always fun. Yeah. And, and the, the, the pacing on this and and the, the actual fight was just so phenomenal. Yeah. Although that, the pacing, I mean, Colin is awesome. Yeah. Uh, he's one of my favorite Silver Age pencilers. You got Roy Boy, Roy Boy Thomas and... Uh, and I'm like, I, I got to look up how old Roy actually is now. He's in his 70s, late 70s. Is he? Yeah. Be- because this is the time they were calling him. Uh, once in a while, you'd you'd see the tagline, Roy Boy Thomas. And I'm like, did you stop working in comics earlier than Jim Shooter did? I don't think he was earlier than Jim Shooter, but it wasn't But like a year or two after that. I mean, yeah. I think he started when he was like 17 or something. And Shooter started realistically i think shooter started when he was like 14 didn't wasn't he it mm-hmm. was crazy some yeah. stupid like you know prior to child label laws <laughs> exactly you could work in comics <laughs> and uh uh my friends got to meet uh roy thomas at one of the local big conventions and they filmed they they filmed the interaction of course yeah uh, to share with people like me that, you know, don't get out as much as they should. Um, and they asked him who his favorite, out of all the characters that he's drawn and created storylines for over the years, who is his favorite character to work on? Okay. Hawkman. Really? And he didn't do a whole lot of Hawkman, but damn. Huh. I would have never figured that. 
I well, know that he did a lot of Hawkman in the pages of Justice League and Justice Society, though. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did uh, that. That's where he. I think he likes the team dynamic when he gets to work on Hawkman with you know other hero, other heroes, and like B side people. And that's the thing, me and you were talking about last week with uh, with uh, Bendis. You know how he when he does so good in that team dynamic because he has he has other people to bounce mm-hmm. ideas for the for the regular characters off of if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um. But yeah, dude, this is this is one I picked up primarily because it's it's got a badass cover and yeah, the, the cover is awesome. Um. And you know it's classic. I love those solid colors covers, yeah. blue, yeah. black, the, the red. Big, the big purple background because. Well, there's so much. There's so much green. Yeah, and only one of them is green behind the gills, and that guy's from out of space. So, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> but yeah, this is a great. Yeah, twelve cent. Um. All right, so that was a random pick. Have you got something for next week? Uh, I do. Uh oh, what is it? Um, it's not the one that I told you I read that was really fantastic that Mike Grell did. This is an early DC work of one of the Kubert boys. Really? Is it before or after they left Marvel? Uh, before. Because it was like in the 80s. The Kuberts did a warlord? Uh, one of the Kuberts did. Take my glasses off so I can read it. Um, this is from 1986. Warlord Annual 5. The Uxmel Encounter. by Mike, Written by Michael Fleischer. Oh, sweet. And art by Adam Cooper. It's a cool cover. Yeah, uh, and it's got it's got great insides. Like this is just like the title page, Warlord created by Mike Grell. This is after Grell like left and started doing other stuff. Yeah. And the inside cover is the. Uh, the fan awards for the 1985 comic buyers guide. <laughs> it's the ballot inside the cover. Oh, sweet. I remember and, those. And I'm like, I was, I was actually just from voting for it and being like, you know, high end communication with the, uh, the awards people for it. Uh, the old sci-fi uh, Saturn awards. I remember for a, those. For, for a time from like the 80s through the 90s, I was actually on the Saturn Award board. Uh-oh. Um, now, this comes to, this starts um, not in Scaridus, but in like modern, modern day 1986. Like they're oh. on like a tour. Like of China or something. 
um, in Mexico, like the Aztecs, because I put that together because I just saw that Aztec guy. Oh, okay. And bonkers. We're going to go bonkers when we read this book. <laughs> Chocolate. <laughs> um, one of the books that I read last week, I, I think it was the, the first annual for Warlord, actually had an ad for the old toy. Remember Capsella? It was like these spheres that would like link up uh, and you could you could take the things in the tub because they were like they were water they were watertight and you could make like different kinds of boats and spaceships and stuff okay. and they would they would they were motorized. Huh. So it was it's kind of like a high end Lego without all the Lego pieces that you might step on. Without all the Lego pieces. Um. But I mean, it's it's a pretty cool looking book. So. It's early Adam Kubert art. It only gets better from here. Yep. You know, this is just uh, now seize him. And there's like, you know, there's, there's a bunch of fighting. I guess they capture Warlord at some point, but I'm like, how bad can it be? It's Michael Fleischner and, and Adam Cooper. Yeah. It's it's going to be a fun read. Um, I remember that commercial, that ad. Yeah. Yep. I didn't want to sh show the other page because that's a that's like a major spoiler. But it's, um, yeah. So it's annual one? This is annual five. Annual five? Dude, that is such a damn good story. Yep. I just found my set, like, uh, when I was going through all my boxes. Yeah. So probably about three, four months ago. I came across the whole, and I started, the, I go, no, I got stuff to do. I can't sit here and try to read the six-issue miniseries. Because I'll read it all at one time. Yeah, I'll read it all at once. There's a nice like little aftermath. Um, looks like we have a guest appearance of uh, President Reagan in here. Damn. Uh, and an ad on the back cover. Uh, 1986 specials and annuals, in case you were wondering how I was going to fit a Star Trek reference into... Uh, the show? There's Star the Trek show. annual too? Star Trek annual, yeah. I used to have all the Marvel and all the DC Star Treks, like the, the first runs. Yeah, I had and, pieces. And then I ended up I ended up selling them off because I bought the. They started releasing these uh, DVD ROMs. Yeah. With the comics on them, so I've got like Amazing Spider-Man one through four hundred. I've got FF one through four hundred, uh, and I've got Star Trek, which includes. All the gold keys, all the DC, all the all the Marvel and DC ones, and like all the all the other books. Like there was some that Whitman put out, yeah, that were like gold keys, but they were, you know, multiple stories. So like, yep, 
kind of like an annual, but it was kind of like a, a hard, like a card stock cover. Yeah. And, you know, th- those, those were good. And th- those were fun. I'm like, you know, I thought the Star Trek things were great. Cause the, the, I started like seeing Star Trek comics when I was a kid. So now I had new adventures to take my Mego Star Trek crew on. So it wasn't just all about, uh, you know, GI Joe and Captain Kirk tag teaming on horror or something. Oh my God. <laughs> Don't speak ill of the dead. Yeah. Um, Halo frequencies wasn't the only thing open. That's the, uh, um, <laughs> what is it? That, uh, little thing about the uh barbie and ken he says uh yeah barbie and ken says what do you want a barbie the little girl says i want a barbie and uh and a gi joe figure so i thought uh, i thought barbie comes with ken he said no barbie comes with gi joe she makes it with ken (laughs) anyway that's terrible now and now that we've been banned from youtube do you remember the uh yeah i need everybody to go and uh subscribe slash follow us on on rumble for when i actually do get banned from youtube because youtube put like a whole bunch of bs uh um updates in where you know another big list of stuff you can't do this anymore you can't do that you can't do this you can't do that we're just we we can say anything yeah we're here to be slightly inappropriate and joke about old comic books yeah i hope no one yet ever gets offended but yeah it happens but you know what happens when you get offended nothing you're offended you move on (laughs) exactly it's like life's too short to stomp your foot and pout for you know and i know because i did that for a good portion of it (laughs) go read some damn comics (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly go read some damn comics so uh next thursday uh lord willem will be back and we'll go over uh the warlord annual five by michael fleischner and adam cooper yep a very young adam cooper very adam's not, school yeah uh he was probably in high school <laughs> Daddy, can I draw a comic? Sure. Take Warlord. Since Mike left, nobody's reading it anyhow. <laughs> it. I'm kidding. I was reading it. All right. <laughs> but a bump. Alan, thanks for coming by and hanging out. And all the other lurkers that were out there, because so we had at one point we had like up to five people watching. So nobody that wants to press a like button, they just want to watch or they're listening to us. Ramble. ramble, 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 ramble. <sighs> rubble, rubble, rubble. 